Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Troubling Issues. Uh, a podcast about comics, but for everyone. Every fortnight, we read a single issue of a comic book and do a deep dive on it. You don't have to, don't have to read along with the comic, but you can if you want to. The comic could be good, it could be bad, or it could be a bit crazy, but it will definitely be noteworthy. I'm Brad Daniels, a comic writer, artist, and fan, and this week's special guest is artist, improviser, and uh, I don't know, programmer Ashley Moore. Yeah. Hi, Brad. Hi, Ash. How you doing, man? I'm doing very good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, look, it is my pleasure, and there's a reason I got you on because uh, we're going to be covering a very noteworthy comic today, and something that you're very de- near and dear to your heart, huh. uh, and something that I didn't really get into until much later on down the line. Oh, didn't uh, so. Oh, that's a tease. That's a tease. <laughs> uh, okay, Ash. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get underway. Uh, yeah, as you said, I'm a. I'm, my day job is a programmer, and uh, I'm also an improviser, and I, I teach improvisation, and that's how I know you. That's how I know Brad. Oh, and I, I'm from Brisbane originally, but I actually live in Amsterdam. I moved to Amsterdam about 10 years ago. Uh, so I'm doing this over the the magic of the internet. Yes, indeed. We're all we're united in our COVID struggles. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we are a half a world away. Uh, the wonder of technology. Uh, so Ash, tell us what is your relationship to comic books? Um, I I was never really into comics when I was a kid. Hmm. Um, even though I, yeah, I knew people who were. I think. Like I think I like some of the TV. Like I like I actually liked Superman. Maybe I like the movie. I think I like the idea of Superman mm. for some reason. And I had a Superman T-shirt. I remember that. But for some reason I, I wasn't into comics. I'm not 100 sure why. Um, I think part of it was is that I thought it. I couldn't really get into the idea of it in a way that, that even as a kid I thought it seemed to me that these people who have these amazing powers dress up in like costumes and go around punching people getting into fist fights it just it just <laughs> i just couldn't i couldn't make it make sense in, in my head yeah as well you were maybe, yeah. you're growing up in logan where people would go around getting into fist fights quite often yeah but they would, you don't dress up first though you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then and then i think in my teens I get started getting more and more of my friends were into comics, I think. And it was almost like every single friend of mine was into comics except for me. And so then, and then, so I started buying uh, old issues of Judge Dredd oh, um, from, so I only found that much later that they'd been, they'd been published like I think 10 years before, maybe five years before. And they were being put in, t- taken out of the, 
the magazine they were in, which was called 2000 ID, and put into little collections of like 32 pages. Mm. And I really liked that one. I think it, it was a bit, you know, it was a very sort of like sarcastic or ironic cartoon uh, comic, wasn't it? Yeah, actually, so uh, the last the last uh, episode which we have recorded, but you would not have heard, is me and Mark Buckingham talking about an issue of 2000 AD. Ah, great! I'd love to hear that. Oh, it's good yeah. stuff. The sense of humour in English comics, which will probably come, I think that sort of fits into the whole Watchmen thing of sensibility as well, because I think Alan Moore used to write for 2000 AD, didn't he? Yeah, he did indeed. Oh, uh, oh, what a giveaway! Yes. <laughs> Not to spoil anything. Yeah. Well, it's not like people don't know what re- comic we're reading. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I was at university, I was um, working in a in a printing press, mm-hmm. and a, fr- a friend gave me a mixtape, which was an actual mixtape back then on on a cassette tape, and oh, had this band Pop Pop Will Eat itself, and this is like a like a, I think it's a fairly obscure band from the 90s, and they used to have tons of samples, and most of their lyrics were just quotes from movies and, and it turns out, comic books. Mm-hmm. And I really like this band. And then on this one album, like every second line is just for some reason a quote from Watchmen. And so I, and there's even, they even just one of the choruses to a song is Watchmen, Watchmen. <laughs> I know. So then, so then I said, oh, what is this thing? And then I went and got the comic and read it. And for me, it was actually quite a formative. A formative thing when I I think I was 19 when I read it maybe 18 and it was one of those books I think we all have them you just you read it and once you're finished it really felt like it sort of you know changed your life or something mm. I haven't really read the whole thing from cover to cover for a long time so I'm not sure if, if I would still have the same opinion so it was interesting to read this yeah it is indeed uh yeah and like uh yeah I like I was, well, like unlike you, I was into comics from a very young age and was all about the comics. But I never really was into Watchmen because it just looked so, it looked so different and weird compared to what I was used to. And I think that's part of the um, part of the attraction as well is that it is very different from what came before. Uh, yeah, and. What, like shout out to the poppies, popularly itself. Alan Moore knows the score. Come on. <laughs> exactly. So these are all lines from the, this, yeah, yeah. the songs. So okay. for you, for you, the when you saw the 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 artwork, did it, it seem different to normal comics? Yeah, it or did. Or was it, it just like things that were happening in the in the pictures? I think the Dave yeah. Gibbons art style is very stiff compared yeah. to what I'm used to. Okay. And it was very, it's like, it's striking, but the story obviously was, I, I, I didn't, I knew that it was coming out and I could, every month I'd see the cover mm-hmm. and the, the covers themselves were different from other, other like comics that I was looking at. It was like, it was like very graphic designy, you know, just yeah, because yeah, the, the, the first, the cover was the first panel of the story. Uh, oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that like if you get a Spider-Man or something, you see most of the cover is normally him jumping and some webs yeah. and lots and of diagonals. Saying, oh no, He's Mary Jane's in trouble. Well, I have to get exactly. it this time. Some out of out of context quote or something. Oh, yeah. will the Earth be destroyed yeah, yeah. today or something? And this oh, and this cover God. is just some rain, <laughs> some rain in a puddle, yeah. <laughs> and a newspaper. <laughs> yeah. 
That's fairly uh, that's fairly see, accurate. See, oh, and I just realised now is that underpants in the reflection? I don't know. Oh no, it's the top of someone's hat. Okay. I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to figure okay. out what the thing at the top was for like the last half hour, but oh, it's a yes. That's probably Rorschach's hat, I'd say. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I think we're into it. The issue is today we are looking at. Uh, Watchmen issue 5 published January 1987 written by a chap called Alan Moore and drawn by a fellow called Dave Gibbons Uh, and we've started on the cover so cover has Watchmen down one side it's a picture of a sign in a puddle it looks a bit like a skull and crossbows but upside down Uh, and it's raining and there's just garbage on the street (laughs) Uh, which yeah. is not really, not the sort of cover image that you usually get, where it's like, hey, hey you know, this, this is this is what's going to happen in this issue. It's just the yeah. thing. Yeah, but, it doesn't really give too much away about what's going to happen, except that it's going to rain, I guess. <laughs> there is a new. There's like one of the pieces of garbage is a newspaper, and it says forecast cloudy, cloudy, heavy rain later. Which, which seems very trivial, but because it's an Alan Moore thing, you go, oh, that's got to mean something. Yeah. <laughs> and this is that's sort of the experience of reading the, this sort of book, isn't it? This, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Alan Moore's comics are legendarily dense, as in a very high information ratio in there. And is a, there is a tendency, because he does write pages and pages of descriptions that everything... Everything that you see is there for a reason. Yeah. Uh, we shall see if that um, that holds true. Let's move on to the inside. Okay, so first page, nine panel grid. So this is also different from usual comics in that usually comics start off with a nice full page illustration of some action happening. And this is like nine tiny little panels uh, of a guy stepping in a puddle. Uh Guy going to a door, and someone uh, saying, "What? Hello, <laughs> who's there?" Uh, any any comments on that first uh, page? I guess the, the colours are very garish, aren't they? And there's yeah. a red X, which I only notice now after having the the because you said there's nine panels, and it's like so it's like a tic tac toe and. And what, what, five of them are marked in red, uh, sort of red-coloured, so there's a big red X. Don't know what that means, but I'm sure that was on purpose. Oh, absolutely. And uh, if you look at the panel uh, seven and eight, you can see the sign that is reflecting. And the red panels are when the sign, the the, uh, neon sign is switched on. Ah, there you go. And the greenish panels are when it is flashed off. There you go. Yeah. And there's a new. After you. No, there's also a newspaper. I didn't mean to interrupt your thought, but there's also a newspaper that says Russians invade Afghanistan, which is a big theme in in the rest of it. I think. Yeah, it's like world building all over the place here. So things are going on here, and I mean, if were this any other comic, you'd be going, what, what, (laughs) what, what is this? Nothing is happening. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so we're on to the next page, page two. Okay, uh, there's an old guy in bed. He's heard someone outside, and the 
and the 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 flashing on and off the uh, alternating coloring panels continues for the next page or so yeah uh he goes uh, okay oh, we got what's he say in reverse yeah that's okay that ha- that's how it is okay he goes gets a a gun out of his uh out of a drawer you think i'm scared huh uh he mm-hmm. goes downstairs so it's building tension in the second page as the, as the man from outside comes into his house i guess uh do they show him entering the house uh, uh, i don't know i don't know how he knows he's there he, he might, yeah. oh well he would have heard the other thing with watchmen is there's no sound effect bubbles or anything hey? yeah so yeah. so you can only assume he's rustling at the door and that's how he knows or something mm-hmm. but it's all up to your interpretation Absolutely, and there's no thought bubbles either, is there? No one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No one yeah, thinks out loud in this. No, there's a little cheat where I think there's some journal writing, and that's oh, how you yeah. get the thought bubbles. Which is how, yeah, that. Oh, we'll talk about that in a bit, but yeah. Okay, page three. Uh, yeah, it's this is all silent. You can see he's going down the stairs. It's all laid out very clear architecture so you can read what's going on goes downstairs goes to the kitchen opens the, the fridge because there's something sticking out of the fridge like a cloth yeah, or something it's, it's a coat oh, there you go it is a co- someone's coat and then there's behind you with a little mirrored r symbol boom <laughs> next page page four we have instead of nine panels, there is but uh, seven in this panel because there is a the equivalent of a splash page being one slightly <laughs> larger panel, and we see the person behind him is Rorschach, uh, who is well established in the story at this stage. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about Rorschach, Ash. <laughs> so he's a guy who wears a trench coat and a. Do you know what sort of hat that is? You're, you're a hat guy. Uh, you? you could call it a fedora. You could call it a trilby. Whatever yeah, okay. A trilby. I didn't know trilby. the difference. So, yeah, he's wearing, like, that classic hat. He's wearing a trench coat, and he has, like, basically Blundstone shoes on, although I guess they're not Blundstone. Mm-hmm. And his thing is he he's, he wears a mask, and it's basically a Rorschach test, so it's a symmetrical set of random patterns. Mm. And they move randomly so that every time you see him, he has a different – it's slightly different – Mm. Yeah, and and, uh, and he's sort of a crime fighter investigator, and he's sort of investigating the murder from the very first episode. Yes, uh, the murder of the comedian, I believe. Yes. Uh, okay, so there's a silence. There's a moment of silence between the two protagonists there, the old man and Rorschach. Um, and it says, and uh, the old fellow says, I, I wasn't. Going, I wasn't going to point it at you. <laughs> uh, Rorschach does not take him out for his word. Now, you can see he's Rorschach is not wearing his coat because that was in the fridge. He's uh, just wearing a suit. So pinstripe suit. Pinstripe suit. Very fashionable man. Uh, gun. No license. license. I checked. Very yeah. bad. Yeah. He's a concerned very... that people get gun licenses. <laughs> he is... <laughs> Uh, I don't know whether he supports this, uh, the Second Amendment or Amendment, not. Yeah. 
Let me now I'll say a little bit about Rorschach. He's based based as many of the characters in this particular comic are based on existing characters that were slightly tweaked. There was a uh, there was a uh, a superhero universe called the Charlton comics, which had uh, a variety of superheroes, which Alan Moore originally were going to use for this story. And he just sort of like, they said, no, we want to do other things with that. So they uh, mapped them onto that. So uh, Night Owl was originally going to be Blue Beetle. Uh, and Rorschach was going to be The Question. The Question, similarly, just imagine a Rorschach, except instead of a pattern on his mask, it's just blank. That would have been The Question. Hmm. Uh, a creation of Steve Ditko, who... Uh, was famously very, uh, very enamored of the uh, what's it called, objection, objectivism, objectivism as Ayn Rand's uh, philosophy. Yeah, exactly right. So that's where this character is sort of like coming from a from a meta origin. In this in this story, he is uh, quite a brutal young fellow. Let's say. Yeah. So let's flip on to the next page. Uh, the old gentleman gets shoved into the fridge, <laughs> should cool down. <laughs> it was like, that's classic, classic uh, Rorschach humour. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's almost like Arnold Schwarzenegger murder quotes, but <laughs> there's very, very Latin so. quotes based on exactly what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, okay, so he starts going on to a little bit of a spiel. Uh, someone's been messing with Dr. Manhattan. Allegations have given police people cancer, uh, including the man he's talking to. Tough break, he says, breaking an egg. Yeah, another good one. <laughs> uh, why, are you, why are you laying all this heat on me? on me? Says the old man. Uh, someone wrote it. Uh, so he's following a lead uh, about a list of people who got cancer. Okay, so it's just a. It all seems pretty good, but uh, Rorschach starts to close the door on the fridge, uh, causing the old man to panic a little bit. As you would, as you would. I, I don't know, and he's like, then he lets them out. Next page, uh, page six, six or seven. I can't. I'm not. I don't have six. it. Page. Oh no, six. Yeah, it's written at the bottom. Good one. Thanks, Dave Gibbons, for numbering your pages. Um, yeah. He comes out. Okay. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. Anything. Oh, sorry about the uh, Sorry about the mess. Can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Hilarious work. Then we go to the journal. Which is... There's one as, thing. Yes? There's one thing I want to mention here. There's like... This guy that he's interrogating is like a he runs, I think, the bar with the neon light, doesn't he, or something? And he, yeah. so he's like a bit of a mob boss or something. Yeah. And well, he's his only real superpower is that he has pointy ears. Like his ears <laughs> are like elf ears from Lord of the Rings or something. But apart yeah. from that, there's nothing unusual about him. He is. <laughs> there's nothing well, super he used about to be him. A super, he used to be a supervillain. Is the story of this guy. <laughs> He was he was Moloch. He was like I think he like hypnotized people or something, which is about the extent of superpowers that yeah, they have in the Watchmen universe. Yeah. Not counting Doctor Manhattan, of course. Uh, 
so he was like he would have uh, troubled the the original superheroes uh, many years ago, and now he has got cancer. As many people who know knew Doctor Manhattan have developed it, and it's all like uh, I'm not sure at this stage in the story where whether Doctor Manhattan has just left the planet at this stage or not. I'm going to say he probably has, but that's beside the point. That's not that's not the issue we're looking at. We're looking at this one. So we'll go for the text here, and we start with the journal. Um, uh, the journal where I'm not going to read all that, but yeah, but. Yeah. But they all have a ton of like great lines. Like uh, this is all just him. Just try to piece together all of the clues from the murders. Hey, yeah. For some reason, he thinks the Russians are involved. Actually, I was, as I was reading this, I was thinking a lot of it. Maybe it fits into all times, but a lot of it fits into times now. I think. Uh, and he's, he talks about the Russians somehow being involved with military figures. That's funny that that's coming up. Uh, Still current. An island of artists and writers that has nothing to do with anything. No sleep since Saturday. <laughs> so that just, I think, just tells you something. This guy is absolute nutter. Yeah. He's sort of like, the isn't he like the logical extension of sort of the superhero ethos of, you know, like, going around, like, getting into fights with, like, criminals? And but he just thinks everyone is garbage, basically. And, yeah. He is. You could read him uh, as basically this is what Batman would be like if he was a real person. It's yeah, like, that's it. He's just a nutter who goes around yeah. punching people, yeah. Yeah. locking them in fridges. Uh, I think the last the last panel, the words from it are very very typical of the sorts of things that uh, he says. Yeah, it. Uh, well, we got walked walked home past trash cans stuffed with rumors of war, weighing factors, bodies, motives. Waiting for a flash of enlightenment and all this blood and thunder. <laughs> there you go. Great stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. So next page, we we cut to a Buddha type statue, which is splattered with, uh, for lack of a better word, blood. Yeah. Now this is a crime scene. This is the crime scene of the, of the murder, I believe. At the same one that, uh, at Rorschach is. Is no, it's a totally unrelated murder. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah, it's like, so, so it's, there's two cops and they're just talking about the murder. There's like blood everywhere. Yeah, they're having smoke and talking about it. And it's a guy killed his two kids. Oh and, right, right. And not the wife. The wife just watched it. And there's like a little baby, baby teddy bear in the middle panel covered in blood. So it's pretty grisly. You don't see any corpses or anything. Fortunately, yeah. but you do see a, a shoe. Is there a uh, shoe? Oh, my, oh, you're just left. Oh, oh, I thought that was just a doll standing up. No, it's a little girl's shoe covered in blood. That's gross. Does it have a smiley face on it by any chance? <laughs> no, it's Snoopy, Snoopy upside down. I only, I only noticed that yesterday when I reread it. Oh, wow. Okay, so, yeah. But, yeah. So this is just in introducing the cops, I imagine. Yeah. And giving us a little bit more war building. They're talking about the war, which is basically the second... Uh, we need to know everything, Miss Hirsch. And then she says war. And so it's like very heavy-handed saying, hey, hey, guys, here's some themes for you. Yeah. And on the way, I'll just go on the way out talking about uh, how 
the guy killed a guy killed his family. He says that takes a whole different kind of inspiration. And then we go back to the Buddha figure, yeah, the God figure. So, mm, mm, what could they be saying there? There, there is one thing, just to get into the, the, you know, like the depth of it. Yes. They are, oh, they did talk about the Russia invading Afghanistan. So I think a lot of it's just building up. This is just some random people, and they're building up the tension of how everyone in the, in New York is getting crazy. Yeah. But then they say the kids' names were Claire and Dominique, and then mm-hmm. the next panelist, one of the cops says, "Nice names, sort of film star names." Yeah, want to get some breakfast? Does that mean anything? <laughs> Film star names, no. Well, I will say there are um, annotations to all of Alan Moore's comics available online, and they would have the answer to that. But I have not researched anything for this podcast, so I do not know. There you go, yeah. So, yeah, just as an example of you read something, you go, that's got to mean something, but I don't know what it is either. So, Mm. yeah, we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, and like I'm sure. Look, I would put money that it was some sort of wry reference to a real life crime or something like that. Ah, that's probably it. Yeah, but you never know. Okay, next page. We got some journal coming in. Oh, but that that is not that is not the uh, the journal of Rorschach. Oh, it may look like it. Uh, the comic book inside the comic book. That's right. This is a visit to the newsstand, which is which is a uh, <laughs> recurring, uh, like uh, I don't know, location that keeps on popping up on all these issues. Uh, and there's the newsstand owner, and there's a young uh, black kid who's reading a pirate comic. Because in this universe, because there really are superheroes, uh, there were no super, superhero comics never really took off. Uh, and so instead, it's all pirate comics. That's what the mainstream comic verse is. Uh, so the young kid is reading the reading the comic, and that's where the panel uh, the, the captions come from. And uh, there's uh, another conversation going on at the same time. Once again, talking about World War Three and stuff like that. And there's also an Illuminati symbol on the delivery man's, uh, I believe that's the delivery man's truck. Oh, yeah, because everyone has electric cars. That's right, because of Vite, Adrian Vite, which we will get to in a bit, I think. Okay, so this is just a little cutaway. Anything to say about that? Yeah, the, the funny thing is, is the, 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 the text of a comic book, but you don't see any of the panels of the comic book. And then the action is actually of, of some people at the newsstand just on the streets of New York, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think it's more just building up the everyone's scared of of war. Yeah. And Indeed. Know. I mean, it's, I just, it's, it's world building in the extent. Yeah. And the, like I said, every issue of these guys show up. And yeah. the kid is always reading the comic book. The guy is always talking about how, how messed up the world is and how yeah, like, yeah. the end is going to end is coming yeah and uh spoilers they, they both die horribly yeah uh, i was gonna say you wonder why are these guys here what's the point of these guys being here and it's mostly to when everyone in new york dies they're the people you feel sorry for yeah because yeah, you spent like, 12 episodes just learning about their trivial lives and then they die <laughs> yeah that's it which is of course like the way to do it because you can't 
you can't really show 12 million people's lives, but you can yeah. show two two guys who are just doing everyday stuff. Exactly. Okay, and then we then the next page we've come straight into the uh, the final panel of page eight. We can see the next page of the Black Thraiter comic. And, then and page nine is that page. Yeah. And we get to read along with the young kid. Yeah. Uh, and there's basically some horrible stuff. <laughs> this guy is uh, digging up corpses to make a raft <laughs> so, he, so he can uh, get back home. That's what he's all about. He's, yeah. Uh, if you notice the... the uh, the sale of the little raft he makes, which yeah. is kept afloat by corpses, uh, <laughs> is yellow with a couple of dots on it and a splash of red. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Sort of like a, uh, a smiley face, smiley face. badge yeah. Yeah. with a, spl- a splash of red on it. The uh, other thing I noticed is suddenly it goes into that, is it you call the four colour, where all, it's, everything's made, the colour's made with little dots. Yes. Like was back in the old days. But the rest yeah. of the comic isn't like that, which is a quite a nice little... Uh... Yeah, it's a nice little touch to let you know that we're in, we're in the comic now. Stomach filled with raw meat. Full blood, full blood yeah. caked upon my chins. I drift yeah. towards David Stone. <laughs> so his raft made out of corp- the corpses of his fellows attracts seagulls, as you'd imagine. And so when the seagulls come to eat the corpses, he eats the seagulls. It's a yeah. nice little... <laughs> He's really determined to get home. He's like... <laughs> That's right. It's like uh, that movie, Planes, Trains and Automobiles. He's just trying to get home for yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. And I will say, a lot of people fucking hate this comic who have read the read the book. They go, what? Who gives a shit about the... Uh... Who gives a shit about the f- pirate comic that's inside the, the Watchmen comic? And some people don't even read it, I think. <laughs> But, uh, but uh, how how would you just skip over the page when you saw it? I suppose, but yeah. it does it does serve a narrative purpose, I think. And, yeah, and definitely. definitely it serves a thematic purpose. Yeah, it's like because the comic uh, to get to, well, we're not spoiling anything. This is a very old book, and if you haven't read it yet, go listen, re- read it now, and then listen to the rest. Yeah, um, but it is. Uh, is referenced by the artist who is designs the horrible creature from the end of the end of the story. Yeah. Uh, and also, it's all about uh, like the ends not justifying the means. Yeah. Like this, this guy does all this horrible stuff to get home, and then when he gets there, they don't want him because he's done all this horrible stuff. Yeah. So. And, uh, yeah. A little heavy-handed there. Okay, but let's pop over to page 10. Okay. Now, uh, another thing about Watchmen, which was different from other comics, is that they didn't have any ads in them. Oh. Yeah, they've never had uh, ads. Mainly comics will have, like, an ad or two, you know. But these are actually longer than regular comics because instead of... um, Ads, it's just more story. So usually, if we were doing a single issue of a comic, we'd be about the halfway point, but we're only about a third of the way through for this one. Okay, so we have this young couple here eating, uh, looks like a chicken, 
uh, is it a boneless chicken? I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I think there's a bone there, but it's the same colour as the guy's skin, so it looks like it's got no bones. Yeah. He's eating a chicken drumstick. But he's middle-aged. Yeah. Yeah. And these are... Yeah, they're having a chat. Uh, Two old friends meeting, let's say. Anyway, and the lady gets up and says, anyway, thanks for buying me lunch. I better go find a cheap room somewhere. Uh, so are you okay? You look kind of uncomfortable. And the guy is like, uh, he's obviously uh, wanting to spend more time with her because he stops yeah. her on the way out and says, you know, there's uh, always my place. And we're, so they discuss it. He decides to invite her around and we're both leftovers as they leave leftovers on the table yeah. of the food they were eating. <laughs> This is one one thing as an older reader. Uh, there's some very fun sort of puns and things where like the, the text actually you know reflects what's been said night like and the characters don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, every so often I think it's a little bit too much and it's a little bit too like on the nose. And I think this is one of those examples. You know, yeah. there's a big pile of leftovers of the fruit, the, the fast food I've been eating, and now they're both only leftovers. They're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I get it, Alan. We get that, it. That's we a bit it. much. It's well, a little th- bit too cheesy. But I, th- I think a lot of his stuff... Oh, now, I won't say it hadn't been done before, but the ambition of Alan Moore writing, Alan Moore's yeah. writing in this story and others he's done, is like he's... He may be a bit on the nose, but he's at least he's like trying those sort of techniques, which are generally used very sparingly. Um, but I can, yeah, yeah. I'm totally with you that that's like, yeah, that's not, that's not the best transition you could make. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to accelerate the pace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Panel 11. Warshaw's Journal. Uh, okay. Uh, his landlord is given trouble. Is that the landlord? Uh, so yeah, it's his landlord. Oh yeah. You know, reminds me of a mother that becomes significant <laughs> later on. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. um, and we see uh, he talks about the silhouetted couple in the doorway, like a bit of street art. Yeah. Uh, makes doorway yeah, indulging in sexual foreplay. Very Rorschach. He, he's a little bit repressed, I think. Yes. Uh, I think his is his mother's a prostitute, wasn't she? And so he, yeah. he's like very anti-sex in general. Yes, indeed. And we see uh, he's walking around, and we see the young couple coming out of the restaurant. Uh, so we're just in the same place, but moving on. He yeah, is he spying on them there? Well, yeah, it's hard to say, isn't it? Because he he appears to be like he's he's actually in the diner across the road. Pours some ketchup onto so there was. Uh, uh, I guess it's a menu or a placemat and makes a little Rorschach symbol, so we know it's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's, there's one mention as well of, it makes it clear from this that he considers his mask his actual face and when he takes it off, he's in costume and like the real person is actually the, the secret identity, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I, I don't know if, right. that had, if that had been explored before, that much in comics before that. Well, that's often a discussion that people have about Batman, taking it back to Batman, is that Bruce Wayne yeah. is 
the mask and Batman is a real person, a real personality. But uh, it's a re- it, uh, whether that pre- I'd I'd say that probably predates this. But uh, okay. this once again, the ambition of this is that it's like okay, we'll go it, and then we'll move on to page twelve. Yeah, we're doing some classic Alan Moore juxtaposition here. Oh yeah, and once again, you'll notice uh, in this page it's another cross, another. Uh, Back and forth, so we're doing. Yeah. We're back at the newsstand, where, and the kids reading the comic. So we go from newsstand, comic, newsstand, comic, etc. Uh, the guy's talking about. Uh, you know where this is headed. Uh, and the guy has just been the guy in the pirate comic is not having a good time. Yeah, it's just been crazy. Just. Ranting about seagulls and slaughterhouses and stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. And the the guy being the uh, the news agent, the guy, the guy who runs the newsstand, is saying it's his curse. It's our curse. We see every damn connection, every damn link. <laughs> and yeah. that's time for us to go across town. So, yeah. uh, Adrian invites. Okay, now one thing that is very predominant in this comic as well as there's lots of reflections yeah. going on almost like it was called fearful symmetry for a reason and we see the reflection <laughs> of adrian Vite. uh we know who he is uh the toy toy people have uh it's the toy people have to see this morning isn't it so he's going to a meeting the toys he's got his assistant with her with him they're walking about talking about stuff. I don't know. Uh, I wish I'd had more chance. Okay, but well, one thing he's talking about is there's a guy who's a retired superhero and he's making superhero toys, which is very meta comment as well. That you know, of course, with yeah, this was the idea. So that I think it was like just at the beginning where making toys out of movies and comic books like became a bigger business than the actual artworks themselves. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a very pr- uh, prescient of uh, Mr. Moore. Okay, so he's going to be going to uh, uh, empty. Uh, okay. Anyway, they're talking about stuff, his media profile and things like that yeah. on the way there. And then we hit, which is a very rare thing for this series, it's a double page spread. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it looks like a comic book now. It does look like a comic book, doesn't it? There's all uh, like sweeping lines and diagonals. Yep. And there's a, a guy with a gun is running for him, uh, shoots him, like grabs a, a some sort of pillar, some decorative, uh, like I would say, ashtray or something like that, and smashes yeah. him in the face. He hits yeah. the water. He grabs him, throws his head into a gold bust of, uh, I would say, Ramses the Fourth. Yeah, let's say Ramses the Fourth. At this stage, yeah. I should probably mention that the whole conceit, the overwhelming conceit of this particular issue of a comic book, which is why I chose it, 
And this is something I didn't notice until I believe you, Ashley Moore, pointed it out to me. Um, is that the entire issue is mirrored yeah. down the middle. So if you were to uh, take uh, page 14 and page 15, and they, you flip them, they have the same layout, but also page 16 and page 13, page 17 and page 12, you could go back and mirror the whole thing, which is, I mean... I never would have got that myself. How did you realize this was happening, Ash? I can't remember whether, whether I don't. I, it was a long time ago. I don't know whether I read someone else had told me or whether I just noticed that 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 first is mirrored and then looked one page back. Yeah, I can't remember to be honest. Okay. It's probably that I just read someone else say it, but maybe yeah. I figured it out myself. But, but even, and even even the mirrors is thematically as well. Like if you look at page one and page thirty, it's about the same thing. Page two and page page 29 or whatever yeah. and this is like the thing uh about this comic series and alan moore at the moment as i said the uh uh oh God, i've forgotten the word i was going for <laughs> but the the ambition to do yeah. this in a comic book in what was still widely considered a child's medium where like these sort of themes and this sort of form which is like I mean, why would you bother? <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, why would you bother? Because who's going to notice? And this is part of the reason why this book remains uh, legendary today in, yeah, and revered by many readers uh, in spite of its uh, failings and weaknesses is that it just tried. It really, it, it, it really shot for the moon. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. and I mean, it, it's famous for having changed comics, didn't it? This, this, and uh, uh, the Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller t totally changed the way comics were made and what they're yeah. about after this. And Absolutely. unfortunately, mo most of them just took the surface details of, like, including sort of adult themes into superheroes and yeah. didn't really take all of the extra stuff that Elmore was doing, you know, like the, the layers and the references to other artworks and stuff and you just took the the violence and the sex but yeah and even alan moore didn't really do anything this <laughs> to this level i think after that but uh he he, he did some uh, good stuff. To, to do, he did do some really good stuff later on but this is like, good but yeah different not yeah not i think he said everything he wanted to say about superheroes at this point and just wanted to move on to other stuff okay so We've got uh, moving on to page sixteen. Okay, this I like the little touch that he's like he's reaching into the assassin's mouth. Yeah. Uh, don't bite <laughs> down. Don't bite down, you scum. I want to know who sent you. I want to know who's behind you. And the guy is sitting there, and the, his face is just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, he uh, he was forcing a cyanide capsule down the guy's throat. And claiming, you know, so he could claim that he uh, he he killed himself because uh, he had hired the guy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm gonna give away the twist. He hired the guy himself. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so that's a great little uh, it's a great little like summary of the whole comic, isn't it? It's it's taking this very comic trope of 
the the suicide pill assassin mm. and of course who who would do that and so yeah and it's taking this guy who's who is like the op, who he's he's the opposite of the superhero villain in a way it comes back yeah. again later doesn't it yeah, yeah and, and turning it into something that i guess it probably wouldn't happen either but yeah he's like <laughs> killing the guy <laughs> himself poor guy. like i think one of the best is to me it's one of the best lines in the comic ever like at the end he explains his whole plan to the heroes Oh, I did this and that and this, and they go, well, we have to stop you. And then he says, well, I wouldn't have told you if I could have stopped you. It, it, it already happened. <laughs> yes. It already happened while you were spending your time coming here to my secret base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did it 20 minutes ago, I think, is the, yeah. the, yeah. is the line. And that's like, in the in the comics, it's like, I'm not like a, uh, like a movie serial villain. Yeah, that's right. the movie, yeah. the line is, I'm not a comic comic that's funny villain yeah uh yeah. Oh, we probably should skirt around the movie for now okay page 17 we're back to once again it's a a mirror image of the page where i was flipping between the newsstand and the comic uh, uh yeah. black freighter comic yeah still talking about stuff that's going on how they notice things happening I think well, maybe maybe Alan Moore's just going. This guy doesn't really know what's going on at all. <laughs> the the pirate guy, he's got his his uh, raft made out of out of corpses. Uh, at the end of it, sharks come to eat the corpses, which is sort of fairly log- logical yeah. thing to happen, isn't it? He's floating on a pile of dead bodies, and sharks are coming. Oh shit! Sharks are coming to to, to eat my raft, basically. <laughs> That, that wacky black freighter guy, he's always getting yeah. into all sorts of trouble. <laughs> he is, yeah. Oh, uh, and you see the the sixth frame is actually Rorschach. But, you know, this, maybe this is too much detail, but that's actually Rorschach, which you only find out much later. Oh, yes. He shows up in the background there, yeah. Yeah. He's actually constantly walking back and forth. Yeah, there's a recurring character who's got like a sign that says the end is nigh, just walking around New York City. Yeah. And only later on you find out that is actually Rorschach with his mask off. Yeah. The, In disguise, as, as it were. As, as itself, yeah. Okay, so let's go to page. <laughs> it's neat, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, page 18, more Rorschach's journal. October 21st, 1985. Uh, someone tried to kill Vite. Proves the muscular theory. Murderer is closing in. Ah, uh, he's been thrown off the scent. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we have uh, a, f- a floating elephant go by for, uh, for Gunga Dina. Gunga Dina. Gunga Dina. I, I googled okay. what that's all about as well, but it's based on a Rudger Kipling uh, poem. Yeah, <laughs> Gunga Din. Yeah. yeah. It's obviously a Indian place, which was where uh, Laurie and what's the guy's name, a night owl, were having their dindins yeah, yeah. before. Okay, so once again, Rorschach puts on his face. He's going to go find out what's going on by the only means he knows, which which is inflicting violence upon people. Yeah. And, and on the way out, on the way there to, to meet this uh, pointy-eared guy, he sees someone, a, a guy trying to rape a woman, and he goes, oh, great, I get to beat someone up on the way. 
<laughs> yeah. But that was that was a comic book conceit as well that that yeah. you can just like go around heavily armed or with good karate skills and just randomly see crimes happening that you can solve by just beating the shit out of people. Yeah, which doesn't really happen. In, it's not really it doesn't really work in real life, does it? Uh, well, not, I don't know. There's I... kind of so many crimes where you can just go around. Mm. I mean, uh, isn't that the whole conceit behind people who carry guns around? Is that they're there to stop crime? Yeah. yeah. So it's funny because uh, was it Alamo is very left, famously left wing, but the the whole crime, uh, the whole like that sort of comic has like a a basis in a very right wing worldview where there's so much crime that that's possible. <laughs> that's right. And it's but, but that's a sort of I think I, I don't know whether. That's like a generally accepted view of how comics work or not, but it's, it's something I always felt was a bit strange. Yeah. Uh, it is like the the whole comics, like the whole superhero uh, genre is based in the pulps, which were like, you know, very much melodramatic pot boilers where you, the yeah, physically fighting crime was the only yeah. way for justice to occur uh, physical yeah. and in some cases mental perfection allowed you to change the world to a better place through violence <laughs> yes yeah. and that's what raw sharks all about yeah that's it you take it to its logical extension yeah uh so we yeah. we go to the next page number 19 uh, dan and laurie have gotten back from their, their their date their dinner date or whatever it was yeah and uh, there's another reflection. We can see them talking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Laurie is getting changed. She says, good night, Dan. Uh, he, can see her, he can see her cleavage as well. Yeah, okay. And he, he likes what he sees. Yeah. Uh, but he goes to bed like, uh, hell and damnation. He's like, oh, yeah. he, I think he has feelings for this woman. Yes. <laughs> and we go back to... <laughs> The, and she's the maybe she's the ex girlfriend of the the only superhero who has every superpower. So, <laughs> so there's some risk for him in like getting with her. Yeah, there <laughs> is. Will he take the risk? Let's find out. Uh, next page, page twenty. So we're now uh, two thirds of the way through this comic. Mm-hmm. We're back to uh, we're back to the Black Freighter, uh, mirroring where we were in the start of the comic. And he's, the guy is fighting off sharks. Uh, now, there is a... There is... I think it might even be coming up in this issue. I, I didn't get to read it as closely as I wanted to. That's a confession I'll probably cut out. But no, no it is. Uh, sharks figure in the next couple of pages. Raw mm. sharks. Nice. As many people say, uh, I don't think that's actually how you say Rorschach, but yeah. I could be wrong. It's I, pretty much how you say it. I think I think there's a couple of ways to say it in English, but I think it's basically Rorschach or Rorschach. Yeah. yeah, that's oh well. Either way, like we'll 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 let it go. Uh, so pirate dude or non-pirate dude, the guy who escaped from the pirates, mm. is fighting off. The shark and they've eaten all his mates so he's like the raft is destroyed so he just sticks a uh sticks a, a spear into it and starts riding the shark <laughs> that's right yeah he like t- oh, it gets entangled in the ropes of his raft and yeah, and, yeah. 
rather than drawing him, it must not have the, the strength to take him underwater. It just starts dragging him along. Yeah. Towards his goal. Hitched to, to this monster. Indeed. Then we cut page 20, 21. 21. No, this is this is the, the newspaper man and he's closing up for the night. Oh right, yes. Because you see the kids in the front in the in the front oh, I got confused. Uh, reading the comic book. And, yes, yes. And drink and smoking a cigarette, but a normal cigarette. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And the 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 like the um the little Illuminati symbol is also mirror right. with uh oh, the yeah, gay with women the, against rape. Yeah, the gay the pink triangle thing. Pink yeah. Triangle. So, yeah. And this is I, I don't know if this is one of the first comics to feature gay people as well, but like two of the other recurring characters are like a gay couple, and one of them is very butch, and one of them is very femme. Yeah. Uh, and they just pop up every now and again. I say it wouldn't be the first person, the first comic to feature gay people, but it's the first comic that basically said, "Yeah, these people are gay." They don't not just hinting at it; they're saying, "Yeah, they, they are actually out. This is this is a thing." Okay, so now the next page we're back. Well, there's, one, there's one little thing I've got to let you know, which I only discovered oh, on the last read. Please do. In the final panel, so. Yeah. It's set in like 1986. This comic, isn't it? And it's sort yeah. of like our alternate version of our world. And so the superhero, or well, there's one superhero and crime-fighting men. Uh, but then there's all these other little weird things which are different for no reason. Hey, yeah. like Gunga Diner and Nixon is still president, mm-hmm. and and some other funny things. And one of them like is that the people don't smoke cigarettes. They smoke these funny little cigarette plastic cigarettes or something they have a little ball in the end and you put the cigarette into the ball and smoke oh. it like so it's sort of like a like a hash pipe or something yeah oh yeah yeah and that's always through and in the final panel she's got a sign and on the back of the paper or something there's an ad and you can only see like the first three letters of each each um word but the, but if you can guess the ad says for smokers with balls <laughs> <laughs> just oh. such a low, a low pun. Or just it's very funny to have in this comic here. Yeah. It's oh, been held up by a gay. I'm going to salute Alan Moore for that one, because he would have, he would have, you know, in the script, he would have write, written exactly like and a, a half obscured back page ad reads for smokers <laughs> with balls, but can only make out the first few letters of each. Yeah. <laughs> he would have been that precise in his description for that one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, finally, we're yeah. back with the cops. Finally, oh, yeah. like, because we're mirroring what happened. Um, and yes, exactly. we have, uh, once again, we have the uh, Buddha symbols show up there, but this time it's back at the office. Yeah. Uh, talking about peace and enlightenment. And they get a call in. Talking about some sort of raw shark, shark, raw shark. Why would why would I want to know where to find raw shark? Oh my god! So they've got a hot tip where to find raw shark, and they're heading out the door. I don't actually say that, but that's there for the reader to pick up if it's there. Yeah. And then. Oh, and this is a great little sequence. Yes, we're back to where we started from, the same location, the uh, 
uh, I think it's a pharmacy or whatever it is. The RR. Yeah, the RR. No, that's the Rum Runner. That's the bar that, that oh, is next to us. I only discovered that when I, we, I, we saw it in the other one. When you click oh, it out, you can see the letters. Ah, uh, there you go. Well, the bar. Uh, and the light is flashing on and off, so we're getting the the back and the, and the panels are all mirrored from the first. Yeah. Uh, he's come back, talked to Jacoby, aka Moloch. Has a little talk about that. Um, go on to page twenty-four. Got your note. Been wondering why you wanted to see me. Go on, tried to shoot the world's smartest man today. Hear about that? So the guy is not being, not talking back too much. Hmm. Okay, so he walks around. The guy is sitting there, and this is the goodness of uh, Rorschach's mask: is that when he sees the guy's face, we see his face. We don't see his expression, but he has a a random uh, like. Arrangement of black and white, which could be read as surprise if one was so inclined. Yeah. Looks down. Yeah, it's funny because you, you often, you, or every time you see Rorschach, you can try to guess what it means. And sometimes, yeah, is it surprise? Or sometimes it's, I think he sees some some people and it looks like he, he's thinking about the lovers and you think, oh, does that look like two people together? Mm-hmm. And I was never sure whether. Yeah, like how you're supposed to interpret it, which is ironic because it's it's a Rorschach and that's the whole point of a Rorschach. Yeah, you can so interpret it however you want. That's exactly right, and I like that's a little genius, uh, like t- a tidbit from Alan Moore, like that. Yeah, people are going to interpret it any way they like. So, I mean, did he? describe what he wanted it to look like or did he just yeah. say just put some pattern there people will figure out what they want to see. they'll see what they want to see <laughs> yeah. anyway he sees the gun on the ground picks it up and then Rorschach yeah I'm someone's calling him out yeah page 25 Rorschach this is the police Rorschach we know you're in there it's all over okay Rorschach does not take this very well he starts going no 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 <laughs> Uh, frame set up, walk straight into it. Uh, never surrender. He starts grabbing things out of uh, yeah. the cupboard. What's it like? A, he's got pepper. He's emptying pepper from a pepper shaker into his pocket. Oh yeah, yeah. And then he gets a a, a bottle of hairspray. Mm-hmm. Wonder what he could do with those. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's find out, shall we? Uh, page twenty six. So we're starting to approach the end of our mirrored journey. Once again, the colors are alternating, but not as much as you'd think in this page because there's another light source that comes into play. Paul <laughs> uh, gets kicked open by a couple of uh, uh, SWAT-looking police guys. They walk in there, and then they get hit with some, uh, some hairspray that's been set on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on fire. Oh, God, I'm burning. <laughs> Watch out. He's torching the stairs. Okay. It's the classic sort of like people who should be in control, just like being yeah. outmatched by a MacGyver style. 
Yeah. Guerrilla work. I, I really dug this when I was a teenager as well, just this sort of like the ingenuity of that MacGyver style. Just He's a guy who doesn't actually carry any weapons. And mm. uh, so he's just like having, having to take on a, a SWAT team with whatever he can find. Yeah. I think that's uh, quite fun. He's running up the stairs. Yeah, he's running up the stairs. Okay. Man, man, I don't like this. The guy's an animal. Uh, and uh, yeah, at least according to the fact sheet, he d- usually doesn't go armed. <laughs> okay, someone ends up with a face full of pepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, what happened there? Okay, and oh, what's he got there? Oh, yes, he's using his little grappling um, hook. his little grappling hook as an offensive weapon. Uh, Air-powered grappling hook that he uses to get into tall buildings. That's right, uh, which was set up in the very first issue. Yes. And Charlie, what's happening? My eyes, my eyes. Charlie, uh, Charlie's in a bit of trouble. He's lying yeah. on the ground, going. And is this the first time Rorschach is like shot? Like a non-criminal, like this guy doesn't look like he's going to do too well with a, a grappling hook sticking out of his chest. Uh, I think he's he's going to have some major uh, medical problems if he leaves lives through the night. Um, okay, Charlie is Charlie hurt? I can't see what's going on. Okay, uh, Rorschach is heading up the doors, uh, heading up the stairs. Is is a dead end. He can't get out. <laughs> They say with a panel of a window. <laughs> the next panel, Rawr! Uh, Rorschach jumps out the window in a very superhero-y uh, yeah. way. Yeah. And you're like, as a comic book reader, you're like, yeah, this yeah, guy can deliver it. anything. He did it. Rorschach, he's a hero. He's done it. And then the next the page. I've been falling past, past the, uh, the sign that says Run Runner. Yeah, you yeah. can't really read it. Yeah. Him. I get it. Which uh, oh, he lands on a he lands on a garbage bin that breaks his fall. Yeah. How conveniently placed. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, no pain. Must get up. Being framed. And then that's when the beating starts. <laughs> All the cops are just waiting for him. Yeah. A, a literal jackboot to the face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I'm sure Alan Moore was like, yeah. Yeah, so like, do you think? Okay, I'm gonna just like we're on the last page of comics for this uh, oh, issue. Do you think that um, Alan Moore uh, uh, identified with uh, Rorschach, or do you think he <laughs> no. he was like writing the worst possible human being he could? Or yeah, basically, he was taking like, yeah, he's really taking a political philosophy he didn't agree with. And uh, taking it to the to the most unpleasant extreme. Mm. You know, so, like, well, that's the thing because and, Rorschach, and I think he would hate. I don't know if he expected, but there's a lot of people who love Rorschach, and that's right. I, I can't imagine that pleases Alan Moore, but he must have known that was going to happen. Yeah, how could he? Donald, He's supposed to hate him by the end. Yeah, but even yeah. then, I mean, yes. even then, talking about Watchmen as a bigger pit. Uh, so once again, if you haven't read the whole thing, go do it now. Um, he he is the only one in the who finds out about the plot who is going to go and tell people that this is what happened yeah. because of his un, unwavering belief in doing what he thinks yeah, is yeah. right, and he gets 
turned into paste. Uh, so, in some ways, he's the only truly yeah. like uh, ethical person, even yeah. though he's a terrible, terrible human being. Yeah, and that's I guess that's like credit to Alamore as well. He takes someone who has a political philosophy he totally disagrees with, but st- but he doesn't make them into like a basically a cartoon villain. Yeah, he's still he's still a human, and he still has like admirable qualities. Surely he wrote. Appreciate that. Surely when Alan Moore wrote, you don't understand. I'm not locked in here with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're locked in here with me. He must have known that that itself would have like made yeah. everyone go, yeah! yeah, 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 yeah. That's like red meat for 14-year-old boys, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> How could he not know that? Yeah. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway. This, yeah. And after you. Uh, but panel six, I think, is one of the most, I don't know about you, but I, I was quite affected by it. And I have a friend who was just so upset when they saw panel six, just so upset. So they're beating oh, the, the, the cops are just kicking the shit out of him. And then they're complaining about, they're just saying, oh, this boy stinks of aftershave, I guess, because he doesn't bathe. And yeah. they, then they pull his mask off and there's like a, they pulled it up and you can see half of his face and he's all unshaven. And at that mm-hmm. point, because... Up to here, I think you sort of sympathise with him. He's like a guy who's going around trying to solve this thing and no one gives a shit. Yeah, He's yeah. trying real hard and he just did all of these cool things to escape. And then you're like, no, no, not his face because, you know, he, it's so important to him. And then they pull his mask off and he's just like some... You can't tell that he's a red... Uh, the whole thing is red, but he looks like a redhead for some reason, maybe because he's got freckles. And he's just like this sort of like... Not even weird, just sort of like mildly ugly guy with big ears and... Uh, and, and yeah. Their growth, and it's and quite it, quite upsetting at that point because because you just know how much that must be freaking him out. Yeah, at this point, he was the closest thing to a hero in the yeah. story. That's it, I guess, because all the others have just given up being heroes. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. "No, give my fa- my face, give it back." <laughs> and the cops are going like, "Well, who is he? Oh, I don't know who he is." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like this ugly little zero is the terror of the underworld, and we're gonna lock him up. And they're just saying like, oh, he's yeah. just being completely emasculated. And they also make fun of the fact that he wears lifts because he's a shorty. That's right. And and he, one of his shoes has fallen off, and he's got two holes in his socks. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he's Poor no, he's guy. no Bruce Wayne. He's not like a, he's not like a. Oh, it's the millionaire. He's not like a politician. He's not like. Yeah, he's just some guy. Yeah, and. Mm. It ends, uh, the final two panels is like the socks and saying everything balances. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, see what you did there, Alan. Yes, another, another bit on those. And then the final panel is split in two where it's basically the first panel, but with Rorschach's hat lying in the puddle of water. Yep. And, a, and part of a poem by William Blake. Okay. And then the last last four pages. <laughs> yes. And then the, co- the other I... thing that Watchmen has. It's yes. like a non-comic bit. Every episode has a non-comic bit, which is just text in different sort of genres. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, back matter, a little bit of a DVD extra at the end of every issue. And yeah. I certainly skipped over this when I was reading it the first time. <laughs> but this is about all all about what I was talking about earlier. How. Um, Pirate comics became the big thing instead of superhero comics. And yeah. 
as some there's some fake comics referenced and there's a real people reference. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's just a little bit of alternate history there for you. Yeah. And there was one. Yeah, so it's talking about these the, the these fictional people, including one real guy apparently, yes, who yeah. made these these comics and the history of this Black Freighter comic. And there's one line talking about the right because there's the writer and the artist. Mm-hmm. And at one point, the, the artist changed, and it says, uh, uh, according to insiders, receiving fan mail for the first time in his life was an advert, adverse effect upon the writer. He began to see himself as the driving force in the book, becoming increasingly resentful of Orlando's clearly important role and harassing the artist with impossibly detailed panel description and <laughs> endless carping requests for revisions of artwork already drawn. <laughs> I wonder what he could be referring to there. So it's funny that he puts that in there, sort of he's like making fun of himself in his comic. That is a Alan Moore self slam. Boom. Yeah. I have it's and famous that's... there are like on the internet like just photos of of his uh his like scripts and so, and they are just insanely detailed. Like <laughs> page per panel in some cases. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. And then is the back page, the back, this would have been the back cover of the original print, which is just the uh, the doomsday clock down the bottom with blood dripping from the top. And once again, totally different. Usually it was like an ad for, uh, for a movie or toys or a computer game or something, but it was just like this weird graphic design thing on the back of Watchmen. And yeah. that is Watchmen issue five. Yeah. Oh, and the... The, the the second hand is the minutes to midnight is how many episodes um, how many issues there are left in the series as well. But of course, because it counts down <laughs> as you go along. Yeah. And that is fearful symmetry. So uh, we we actually did that in pretty good time. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, that's funny because there's so many things you can say about everything, and I avoided most of it just to not get bogged okay. down. Well, we're on to the final judgments time. Yep. Uh, but we we do have another part after that to talk about the comic. So, final judgments: okay. good, bad, weird. Which which do you think this qualifies as Ash? I think I would say, I would say it's great. Yeah. Okay. This is probably it's, but it's right in the middle. It's like probably the maybe the best issue of of this the best single issue of, of the series? series and yeah. And when uh, I first read it, it blew me away, especially especially the last bit. I think. Yeah, it was like well, but there are like the thing about Watchmen is that it is made up of amazing issues. Yeah. There's the uh, there's the Doctor Manhattan issue where you no, find out how he was made, then you go. Yeah. Then if you like your Rorschach, you have your spotlight issue on him where you find out his history and everything like that, where he came yeah. from, and he drives his therapist mad. <laughs> You have the uh, the prison escape issue, which is like some primo uh, comic book action. No, that's right. Yeah, that's what you like. And then, of course, the uh, the the one-two punch of the uh, penultimate issue, where the plot is revealed. You know, with the I did it yeah. twenty minutes ago. Yeah. And the yeah. ultimate issue, the final issue, which. Uh, is shows the repercussions of that. Yeah, it's like half, half the half the issue is just pictures of dead people in New York, basically. Yes, 
I'm gonna, and then it's I'm, like with no text, and then the text starts in the second half of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit there because there is a uh, there is a there is an ad that shows up in the background of the that particular sequence where they're showing the the millions like for for us thousands but for everyone else for the people in that reality millions there's an ad for body by body by beach <laughs> it says i will sh- i will show you bodies undreamed of <laughs> oh boy oh boy um okay i think this is a very good issue yeah good great um yeah it's like i i'm gonna rather than natter on about that i'll just go to what have what did we learn from this comic and i will open that up to not just this issue but watchmen as a whole what did we learn from it watchmen is famous and good for many reasons one of it is is a very very well crafted comic it was very it's uh it's dared to do things that comics up to that point generally did not do and things that superhero comics because superhero is just one genre of comic book yeah uh but it did things in superhero comics that had never been tried before and uh i think you're right Ash, when you hit the nail on the head before, you said this changed how comics were made. This changed what uh, the subject matter and what the themes and what sort of stories were being told in comics to such a degree. There is, it is like it is a a defining moment in the history of comic books. There's before Watchmen and there's after Watchmen, and that's not even going into the whole like legal and uh and cre- <laughs> creators rights part side of things where this changed um how business was done in comic books because i will very briefly tell the story that uh alan moore and dave gibbons did the did the series and they signed an agreement with dc comics saying 12 months after this goes out of print the rights will revert to us and we will own it. And it never went out of print. <laughs> now, when, you could say, well, that's that was an evil scheme by uh, DC Comics Incorporated, but I don't think they, I don't think they could have made that plan because it was just unprecedented. Because no comics had been kept in print like that before. Yeah. What were you they never say? did any things to uh, like sneaky little things to keep it in print like like with the new stuff was it that, was uh, that the no, well, so they made the new stuff to get it back into print did that ever, was anything like that happen because I actually don't know all the details of anything. Oh, well look I, I don't know all the details either but the fact that in 1980 yeah. uh, what was it 1984 1988 I can't remember when it was uh, whenever this comic came out 1987 the idea of keeping a comic book in print <laughs> perpetually did not exist it just didn't exist it wasn't considered so they got it on a technicality and they have kept it in print but the reason they have been able to keep it in print is it's a perennial seller yeah they're not losing money on watchmen they would have made so much money off this story yeah it's ridiculous uh so but that's a, that's another story entirely and that led to 
a souring of the, the ways with Alan Moore, and now and he, yeah, it's like, oh, all sorts of stuff there. But yeah, I'll say, yeah, the thing I learned from this comic is that it, it is a, it is a, a transition for comics, Western comics, a transitional yeah. piece which changed yeah. how everything worked. What did you learn, Ash? Yeah, I was never I, like I was never that into comics as a, a medium. Like there's certain comics I'd read, and uh, so so that part of it I didn't really. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was glad to read a superhero comic. Not that I'd read many that I thought was interesting, and, uh, and like I said, I got I got into I, I found out about it from this band called Populated Self, and they're also they're musicians, but they also include lots of quotes and references to like books and uh and movies and stuff mm. and this is very i think it's called intertextuality now isn't it? that's the fancy word for it it is indeed and this book and and these comics are exactly the same like there's what quotes from william blake and they talk about they took it um Ozymandias, which is a poem by percy shelley i think mm-hmm. it gets a, a lot of mention and then there's a lot of talk about alexander the great and all of these other books and movies and stuff and then after reading this, I went and investigated, yeah, you know, these other, other things, and so it sort of opens for me when I read it when I was like nineteen or something. It opened up this whole other world of other things to look at as well, yeah. which was that was super cool. Excellent. Yeah. Would that would the term for that be? I'm I'm not an art student, but was, is that postmodernism? Postmodernism. You're drawing on a lot of different sources and referencing them like that. Yeah, I'm not an art student either, but I think that's part of it. And also, well, maybe this is something I was gonna, I was gonna mention at the beginning. But the the other comics in your series are, what's the word? Oh, I wouldn't say like na- not naive in a negative way, but they're written. They're not aware of themselves as they're written. If you know what I mean, like the people oh, yeah. are just writing them to write a story. But this is yeah. a comic book that's very aware of the medium that it's in, and it's it's very aware of itself, mm. which can be good and bad. But it's uh, yeah, and that's. And that's sort of part of the postmodern thing that it's a comic book that knows it's a comic book in a way, and it refers to comic books even inside it. I guess yeah. that's pretty postmodern, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's got a history of comics in the yeah. history of a fake history of comics in a comic. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, it just blows my mind. Good and Lord. like, and it takes all of the the comic book archetypes, like the 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 millionaire, uh, the the millionaire superhero, and the the one with super superpowers you can fly or whatever, and, and sort of says what what would they be really like if they were in our world? Mm, mm. Yeah, good stuff. Well, I think we both both agree. Watchmen is trash. Uh, yeah. no. you, can, you can read it over and over, which I don't know, if, and find new things, which which is a fun thing in in any in any any uh, sort of artwork. So you yeah. find new things on every read. Like I I, I read it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, interpretation of this and the stuff that I'd seen that I hadn't seen after, you know, like having read it first 20 years ago. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to, yeah, there's so much depth to it. There's like, you, you, you could never really notice everything. And that's why, yeah, I, I would suggest, I've done it with other Alan Moore comics, is that you get one of those uh, annotations, online yeah. annotations, and just go through it like that. It'll blow your mind. Okay. Ah, but I think we've we've knocked that one on the head. Cool. I think we've said everything that could be said about Watchmen. 
<laughs> I'm sure there's no more further analysis needed no. in this book. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a waste of time. It's time for a question from the internet. And I put out a call on the Troubling Issues Facebook page uh, asking for questions about Watchmen, and I got a heap of really good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to go with one which is a little bit in keeping with the theme of this whole this whole episode, a little bit uh, broader than usual. This is from Calvin Stevens on Facebook. He asks, "Was Vite right? Was his plan moral?" Question mark. Uh, what do you think, Ash? You got any yeah. thoughts on that? Or well, I guess for the people who haven't read the eleventh episode, spoiler alert, but he. he... <laughs> He basically sends this artificially created, genetically created creature to to New York and sets off basically some sort of energy bomb that kills everyone in New York. So 12 million people die in order to to make people think there's an alien invasion. So the Russians and the Americans don't start a nuclear war. The sort of uniting in front, uniting in front of a common enemy. Yeah. Mm. So the question is: Is it worth lying and killing 12 million people? To, to stop a nuclear war. And I think it's one of those things where there is no real answer, is there? It's, it's sort of like the question of, well, I don't know. It's the question well, of, I mean, you was America really justified say... in dropping nuclear bombs on Japan? Like, kill, yeah. like killing just only, like, there were only civilian targets. They didn't, the nuclear bombs were just dropped, not on military targets, but on civilian targets, just killed. Yeah. They wanted that war over in a hurry, which is exactly what Veidt's after here. He just wants to stop it dead in its tracks. And if I think like his his thinking is that either I kill twelve million people, or everyone dies because they're looking exactly that's it. uh, uh, Clear annihilation. But I mean. This is this is a this is a trick question. This is like, how can you answer this uh, yeah. and not be a monster? Exactly. And then in a, in a, uh, I guess one of the analysis is that Veet is the guy on the on that ship. Yeah, he's, he sees what's coming and he turns into a monster. That's but maybe right. he's the monster that's needed to save the world, and he's going to take that hit. So, it, in a way, it comes down to whether you whether you use uh, what utilitarian. Ethics, where basically the ends justifies the mean, and you're just trying to get the the net benefit for everyone, or or virtue ethics, where you think being moral is something you are and something something you you do, and it's uh it's the nature of the individual acts, not not the outcomes. Mm. Yeah, so, that's right. Well, I think I think Ash uh, pretty much said it there. His philosophy is the ends justify the means. Yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> so it was an easy Words answer. If there's one particular weak point of Watchmen is that the ending I mean, no one knows that if you killed everyone in New York that would make everyone stop fighting each other. No, yeah. It, it's it's a very Yeah, it's a plan which which has a lot of flaws. But yeah. then but then I think you can sort of justify that is that the guy is a total egomaniac, mm. so I don't even know if Alan Moore thinks it's a good plan. You know that, but or it's just that this guy thinks he's so clever that his plan is definitely going to work. Because even even in the last panel of the of the whole comic, 
someone finds Rorschach's journal, which details it all. So it's mm. implied that everyone will find out that the plan was just a trick and yep. everything will go back to the way it was and it was all for nothing. Yeah. So that's probably, that's, that's the, uh, well, like all great art, it's left ambiguous as to what will happen, yeah. which is why when, uh, when HBO made a sequel, uh, people were spitting chips. Mm-hmm. But I'd say that, sequel is worth watching on its own uh, merits yeah have you I seen that seen it. no no okay but i'm not against seeing it i just haven't seen it well yeah it's an interesting take and very prescient in that it is all about uh race politics yeah, very interesting, which yeah. is what what is uh what's the real world is about in 2020 <laughs> yeah yeah so it really got ahead of the game there uh and i think it's great because it's not you know the further adventures of the watchman it's like yeah yeah i'm definitely not one of these people that i'm definitely not one of these people that thinks that remaking or making a sequel to an old work like somehow devalues the previous work i just think that's a crazy idea like Mm. someone can make the worst you know the worst remake of any movie say ghostbusters and it doesn't affect the quality of the original and so, oh. so I didn't even mean that to sound snucky. I didn't. I didn't even mind that that last movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So if they do something, and it's actually the one thing I didn't like about the movie, I don't know if we're going to talk about. It, yeah, one thing I didn't that. like is that it followed too closely from the original. I think if you're going to make a new work of art, you should add you should add your own uh, something interesting of your own to say. And yeah. if the TV show for Watchmen does that and doesn't just just try to be you know, the next the next twelve panels of Watchmen then I think that's better than than yeah, just trying to be trying to do Alan Moore and failing. I do like the idea of the next twelve panels of Watchmen. <laughs> I'd yeah. buy a, I'd buy like a book that was just every a <laughs> lot of the different artists' interpretations of the next twelve panels <laughs> of Watchmen. Yeah. <laughs> uh no, it does it definitely is telling its own story. Uh, in that world, and there are very much like uh, Alan Moore, there are echoes, uh, echoes of previous stories and echoes of their own stories cool. and reflections. They certainly play a large part of that story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, my here's my beef with the Watchmen movie, and I didn't come up with this, but you know, yeah. I feel that it is, remains true as ever. The change yeah. they did make, which was the end, yeah. Making it Doctor Manhattan who blew up, uh, make it look like Doctor Manhattan blew up uh, Manhattan. Yeah, that makes okay. I didn't even think about that. Um, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, it sort of re- removes the whole point of because uh, yeah. he is an American. It's not that's like, right. Uh, he's an American. <laughs> he works for the Americans. Yeah. So it's not going to be everyone say, oh, we all have to work together because Dr. Manhattan's going to go bad. Now it's everyone like, <laughs> I almost wore my head off. Blanking <laughs> America, let's get them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. They've, blown up, they've blown up their own city. They'll be big <laughs> now. We'll be able to take them. So the, the, uh, the, the funny thing, I, that I could even just sort of, yeah, just try to not think about. But the funniest thing I thought is that... Um, the guy who made it, Zack Snyder, is an objectivist. Yeah, he 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 like abides to the same philosophy that that Rorschach abides to, and uh, and the, for me the failing of the which is just funny the the failing of the movie is 
that it took all of the surface stuff from Watchmen and and I think Zack Snyder didn't even understand any of the subtext and so all of that is gone from the movie. So it's a fine it's a it's an alright movie, I think, but it's 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 a, yeah. just a shame that they didn't include any of thing that made the movie the, the comic book great and just the they just took the sort of uh the comic booky bits. Yeah. It made it took the comic booky bits and made them extra comic booky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I think we've we've covered the question from the internet pretty uh, pretty comprehensively. There, yeah. there are two things that remain, and I forgot yeah. to mention these before the show. So forgive me. First is recommendations. Is there anything you'd like to recommend instead of Watchmen, or would you like to recommend people what read Watchmen? I don't know. It's like you can do anything you like. Yeah. Well, just uh, recommends of. Of what sort of things? Just anything. Oh, it can be anything. Uh, it can be a book, a comic, a movie, a TV show, something enter- entertainment-wise that people could do uh, instead of or as well as reading Watchmen. Well, I'd say, despite our massive spoilers, if, if you're into comics at all and you haven't read Watchmen, you should read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even for, Yeah, it's, it's just good. <laughs> even if you don't like it, I think you've got to admit that it's well made. Um, yep. yeah. and, oh, and... I would suggest if people are into comics, read some French or Belgian comics because I, I, I had a period of going through that and reading some of them. Just Google them and then find some of the good ones and just read them. It's just like a different take because they, they generally don't have superheroes. Yeah. Funnily enough, in French comics, cowboys are a big thing. <laughs> a really big thing. Yeah. Uh, so, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Blueberry and all that. Exactly, yeah. Which is and the toughest the cowboy and name in the world. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, Corto Maltese is another. He's sort of like a spy sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It, it's sort of like this alternate world, and there's some very, and there's ones that are sort of architecture-based comics, very interesting ones. To re- read at least one of them. Okay, uh, for yeah. my plug, usually I look over my shoulder because I record uh, record next to my bookshelf, but just pull, pulling back the curtain a little bit. I'm actually moving house, and my bookshelves are empty right now, so I, I, I'm not sure what to recommend. So, I will recommend uh, a comic by my favourite mad Scotsman, uh, Grant Morrison. There's a comic he did called Multiversity, which is him doing his versions of some famous DC properties. So there's... Uh, there's uh, Last Boy on Earth, uh, Commandy, I should say. There's uh, Nazi Superman. <laughs> There's, um, oh yeah, Thunderworld, which is uh, Shazam or Captain Marvel. And he does his own take on uh, Watchmen. Oh, well. Uh, which I think... I can't remember what it's called. It might well be Minutemen or something silly like that. <laughs> but it is using the original characters they were based on. Ah, okay. And the Charlton heroes. Yeah, yeah, the Charlton heroes, like the, the Question and Captain Adam and all that. Uh, Peacemaker instead of the comedian. Uh, yeah, and it's a really interesting take. And it's like he... <laughs> uh, Grant Morrison has been... Now, him and Alan Moore have a little, like, a, a hate fest going on. They, like, really? the trash talk, talk each other. <laughs> and so he's done his own um, 
his own more hopeful take on Watchmen, saying, okay, yeah. no, you don't have to blow up the world to save the world. Yeah. So, and a beautiful art by Frank Quitely, so worth reading if you were looking at an interesting uh, reinterpretation of a Watchmen. Interesting. That's Multiversity Pax Americana, it is called. So his, uh, his mm. version of the Watchmen is called Pax Americana. And that follows the Charlton heroes as they try to save the world without blowing it up. Uh, cool. He, he describes it as, if Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons had pitched a Watchmen now rooted with contemporary political landscape rather than the Cold War focus of Watchmen. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, okay, and that leaves one final thing for us to do before we sign off. Thank you for being with us today. Um, Ash, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for having me. Oh my, uh, I love it. Let's do it again. Yes. I was thinking we could do another issue of this uh, Watchman somewhere down the line if you were interested. Yeah, that'd be great. Ah, sweet. Okay. Well, the final thing is plugs. Is there anything you have to plug? Ash? Yes. If you are in Amsterdam in the next uh, <laughs> in the next well, couple of weeks, if you love starts back up in September. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, it, this I'm is afraid. an international uh, international reach we have, so far away. So, what's what? Tell us about what's starting in September. Uh, I'm in an improv. I'm an improvisation group uh, called Easy Laughs. Despite the name, we, we we don't just do comedy. We do like long form improv, which with with a comic bent. And we start back up in September. And uh, we I, we also do the European improv festivals. If you're an American, if you're an Australian, I would encourage you to come to Europe and see some of the. The improvised improvisation festivals here—they're great. And uh, I was supposed to be in Mount Olympov, the one in Greece, uh, in uh, at the beginning of this month, but it got stopped for COVID. So, if you want to come to Greece next year in July, uh, we are going to be doing improvised Tarantino. Oh, <laughs> fantastic! That sounds Greece great. I wish fun. I had that idea. Yeah, which is great fun to to do. Improvises Tarantino has a lot of. Very good elements for, um, for improvisation. Nice and meaty. Meaty characters and meaty yeah. interactions. Yeah. Okay, my plug for my myself this week will be, uh, it should be, this should be coming out near the, the end or the beginning of the month. So go to Facebook, go to Edge Comics with an X, C-O-M-I-X, Edge Comics, and enter our monthly Tales Too Stupid to Tell competition where I put up a random panel from an old uh, comic with the text blanked out and you fill in the text with your own funny thing and you can win a $10 Amazon voucher and a free comic on me. So do that. That's my plug. Boom. That's it. We're done for the night. Thanks for your time again, Ash. Thank you. No worries. And I hope to see you next time on Troubling Issues.